Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. The All-Star break. Yep, 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 yep. It's here. Ah, confound it. We got a week without fantasy sports. You know, it. every year running up to the All-Star break, I keep thinking, I really need, my brain needs a rest. My brain needs a rest. And then it gets here, I'm like, nah, I didn't need that rest. That's baloney. I think we do our best work here on Fantasy NBA Today. Hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome to the show. I'm Dan Vespers. You guys probably know that by now. I think we do our best work here at Sports Ethos and on Fantasy NBA Today when everybody else is getting worn out. That's when we keep clicking. You know, it's like the it's like double overtime in an NBA game. Who's the player that still has just enough juice in their legs? Everybody's flailing. Everybody's coming up way short on their jumpers. And we're like, no, we're just going to get a little closer to the bucket. We're going to take it to the rack. We got a little bit left. That's, I think, when we do our winning. I believe, I think we did that during the COVID spike in uh, mid to late December and into early January when everybody else was throwing their arms up in the air in disgust and deciding they didn't want to play fantasy anymore. We said, meh, you know what? We're just going to find four of the damn best streamers that ever existed because were they out there? And, And we pushed and we pushed and we took a team. Every team was beat up by injuries in COVID this year. And we pushed to get those streamers in. We pushed to win 6-3 instead of 5-4. We pushed to lose 5-4 instead of losing 6-3. And those little games along the way covered up for bad luck. Or if you had not that terrible luck, probably helped push you into that top three. That's, I think, what's happening right now is if we had games right now, we'd be like surging. We'd be pushing and everybody else would be, I'm winded, man. I need a break. Nah. Who needs a break? Anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Vespers or just Google search Dan from Hoopball because, again, it's easier. For some reason, that still comes up a lot easier than Dan from Sports Ethos. At D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. SportsEthos.com at EthosFantasyBK. Almost 7,500 follows on that Twitter feed. That should be at about 30,000, frankly. It's the best damn Twitter feed for fantasy information available out there. It's probably the second fastest on the market and then the best analysis. And you put that together, a number one and a number two, that's number one. Because the one that's the fastest doesn't have analysis. That's how you make it faster. You just tweet out something that a beat writer just tweeted out. Which, I don't know, there's something that irritates me about just being an aggregator like that. Providing no additional value add and not actually telling anyone where you got your news from. It's a little bit, it's a little sleazy, you know? Like the, the, the Sports Ethos blurb feed, the Roto World blurb feed, they link to where the information came from. So if you wanted to, like, follow whoever it was, Shams, Jerry Werfel, Jake Fisher, whoever is breaking the news on that given day, oh, you'll see, oh, this is where they found this news. But then there's these, these aggregators that just tweet out the news like they found it out themselves. Nah, man, I saw where you got it. It's Pete Writers. 
It's a beat writer. You follow a beat writer for every team or the team's PR feed, throw it all together, you're going to get the information as fast as any of these feeds. Actually, faster, because then it hasn't been aggregated yet. Anyway, news of the morning, Anthony Davis. Actually, that was last night. News of the late last night. Today's Friday, by the way. You might be listening to this show over the weekend, but today's Friday. News of late Thursday night. See, there I did a better job of dating it. Anthony Davis set to miss at least four weeks. So the initial report from Dave McMenamin, which was that the Lakers knew he'd be out at least two weeks. That was before the MRI came back. It's a mid-foot sprain. And honestly, if he's back around four weeks, I would still call that a colossal victory because that was a pretty gruesome ankle turn. Like, the top of his foot seemed to hit the ground. That's not right. Where the ankle... uh, So, mid-foot sprain for AD. Carmelo Anthony, first thing you do today, listening to this podcast, should be to go check and see if Carmelo is available in your league. That should be the first thing you do. I've been getting a ton of questions on Malik Monk. And so I went back and I did a little bit of a Malik Monk deep dive prior to starting the hitting the red record button on today's podcast. And last time AD was out, Monk was pretty darn good. But it was imperfect because as other players started to surface, whether it was Trevor Ariza or, frankly, the more impactful one has been the improved play of Austin Reeves, who, of course, hit the sort of dagger three-pointer against Utah for the Lakers, whatever the hell, two days ago now. That has allowed Frank Vogel to run a slightly more defensive-minded lineup when when he needs to. Like, if LeBron is scoring, and if Russ isn't a complete disaster on a given night, and he wasn't terrible against Utah, they might be able to go without Monk for stretches. So you saw maybe they start Avery Bradley and Stanley Johnson. Maybe Trevor Reza gets in there. Mello, when he comes back, is going to get a bunch of shots. Mello might be that weak defensive link that provides an offensive spark. Some nights, so this is the important part, everything is about individual nights and longer term, in this case, four weeks or a month for AD. Everything's about percentages. Let's say Carmelo is back on the other side of the All-Star break, which, by the way, we still don't know that he will be. I'm going to say probably, but hamstrings are tricky and Melo's old, so he might not. And if he's not back, then I do think Malik Monk is a grab. Problem is, I know we don't all have two roster slots available right now, so I can't just say, oh, go pick up Monk and Mello and see who's healthy coming out of the break. I think Mello has the better path to value. He was really, really good the last time Anthony Davis was out, and pretty consistently. He was good, like, two out of every three, three out of every four kind of ball games, which put him in that 75 range for a pretty good stretch of time. He was getting slapdown blocks, the LaMarcus Aldridge block. I love those. They're really not blocks. They're really more steals, but... NBA's decided that's a block, and that's awesome. So Melo got a few blocks. He got a couple steals mixed in there. I, you know, I didn't expect those to hold throughout the year, but they've actually held okay. Then there's the Malik Monk side, which basically is, if Melo's out, then Malik is almost definitely going to be in there a lot because they're going to need his scoring. Because LeBron, obviously, is going to do his offensive thing. Russ, sometimes. And so there needs to be that third available player. When Melo's healthy... He is often that third available player. And when he's not, then that falls to Monk. And sometimes they can both be pretty good on offense. But again, percentages-wise, if Monk then is coming off the bench, which Melo would probably come off the bench as well, I'd assume the Lakers then would start 
either Monk at shooting guard or Avery Bradley and probably a bigger player. If LeBron is going to be center, they're going to need a, a bigger power forward. They're going to, it's not going to be like LeBron and then four shooting guards. That's just not enough size on the floor. So Stanley Johnson or Trevor Reese is probably going to be out there as well. Monk might be in the starting lineup at that point. And if he is, then I give it my blessing. If he's not, and the Lakers go something like Russ, uh, Avery Bradley, Stanley Johnson, LeBron, maybe they go big and Dwight Howard gets a little bit of playing time, then I don't think I can start Monk. Because when he's coming off the bench, it's some of the time, 40% of the time, 50% of the time, he comes out and has a pretty good scoring game. He's also going through a weird free throw thing that I can't fully figure out. He's a good foul shooter, but he's deep in his own head at the line right now. So that's why I have Melo in front of Monk in the Lakers pecking order without Anthony Davis. As far as yesterday goes, Thursday evening, there was actually a few sort of last things I wanted to cover here going into the All-Star break. We're also going to do later in today's podcast, uh, we're going to break down some of the uh, All-Star weekend stuff because there are some a few uh, odds I want to throw out there. But very quickly here on Thursday night, Charlotte, we've been trying to track what's going on in the front court there. It seems P.J. Washington and Montrez Harrell, each of those guys is startable while Gordon Hayward is out. It's going to be, I would assume, a few more weeks, so we can reassess at that point. Washington is uh, a very large question mark, and this game showed why I was worried about Aul Neto, who then I finally said, look, looks like maybe Neto's going to get this job, and then immediately they went to the bench unit, which was playing better. Ish Smith got the 27 minutes, Neto got 21. It flipped. Neither one of them ends up as a value. You know, if this is a 50-50 thing... Neto is not good enough getting starters minutes 60 to 70% of the time. He needs to get them every game to post fantasy value. So, no. Thomas Bryant, no. Daniel Gafford, I know our guys at Sports Ethos are higher on him. They're higher on him than I am. I don't usually go against my fellow Ethosians, but in this one, I just think Washington doesn't care. It's dumb. It's very DeAnthony Melton-like, where there's a team who has this unique player, but doesn't really see the benefit in playing them more than they are. Plus, Kristaps Porzingis isn't even back yet. Throw him in the mix at, you know, if he's going to play power forward sometimes, but there's going to have to be some Porzingis center minute, so that takes a few more off the table. They don't want to move Kuzma down to small forward. He's been too useful at power forward this year. He's one of the guys that they're actually kind of building around a little bit. So I'm out on all of the Washington centers, besides Porzingis, obviously. Kuzma, you can stick with. He's been good all season. This was not a great ball game for him. Actually quite awful, come to think of it. But he'll be fine. Um, and then the other question is Denny Avdia, who had another decent ball game here. Well-rounded, sort of a roto-friendly line. I just, I'm still kind of sitting on the fence with Denny. You could start him... And I just, I don't see him getting any lines that make you, that make your eyes pop. Like, there's just no upside. The floor is fine. The floor is like top 150, which is decent enough. The fact that he's not going to be a total disaster on any given week. But I just don't see him, like, I don't know that he's going to have a week where he posts top 60 value. And so when you're hunting for guys with, we talk about it all the time, with this quote-unquote upside, you're looking for the guys that can have an individual game or an individual week where they average, like, it, it, you know, for Denny, who's a wing coming off the bench, maybe he averages 
14, 15, 16 points and seven rebounds and three assists and a steal and a half and a block and two three-pointers. That's not happening for him because he doesn't really shoot. He's not really heavily involved in the offense, almost at all. Begrudgingly. The usage leader on the Wizards on Thursday night was Rui Hachimura. He took 15 shots in 27 minutes. Then Anthony Gill. Then Daniel Gafford, believe it or not, who got five shots in 13 minutes. Then Thomas Bryant. Then Kyle Kuzma. Then Aul Neto. And then finally, Denny Avia. He just needs to be a bit more involved. 31 minutes. You know, I got to see a guy taking more than 10 shots in 31 minutes. Or if it's only 10 shots, I need four assists that he's making the pass that leads to the bucket. This was a good offensive game for the Wizards, and there wasn't any obvious play here. They had seven players who were sort of like kind of in double figures, a lot of between 12 and 16, basically. And then Rui Hachimura had 20, but nothing else at all. So that's why I'm on the fence with Denny. I'm okay with it as an ad, but to me, he profiles as like king of the streamers type, much like his teammate KCP is kind of that king of the streamers zone which is fine if they have a really good head-to-head schedule in a given week, but I don't think I can risk blowing a Roto Games cap on them. On the Brooklyn side, LaMarcus Aldridge seems to have sort of jumped over Andre Drummond, at least for a night. I think they can each be rostered. I'm good with both of those guys being on fantasy tables, and Brooklyn, of course, will have more players in the mix when we come out of the All-Star break, most likely. I guess we would think Ben Simmons. Kevin Durant is not quite ready, but then they'll have some road games, and Kyrie will be involved, and it's... It's going to be messy. Uh, Dallas, we saw Spencer Dinwiddie played 30 minutes here for Dallas and didn't do much with them. That's generally the thought there, uh, which I guess is good news for Jalen Brunson because there was a fear he might lose some, and so far he hasn't lost some. By low on Brandon Ingram, that's my thought on the New Orleans side. 12-5-8, took 21 shots. They didn't go in. He's in a slump right now while he figures out what his spot is with C.J. McCollum, who's dominating for the moment. Uh, But this is a great opportunity. Brandon Ingram, remember, started the year at like a top 115 clip. Then he went on about a two-month run in the top 40 range where he was brilliant. And then, now, with McCollum around, he's back outside the top 100. And so on the season, he's hovering like around 80, which I think if you can get him for someone also ranked near 80 or 85, I think you do it. I believe he figures this out at some point between now and the end of the year. Hopefully sooner than later. And add Jackson Hayes. Back in the starting lineup, Devontae Graham now is going to be sort of a bench gunner for this team, although he still only took six shots. He's, by the way, Devontae Graham's a drop. I don't know that we needed to say that again. Uh, But Jackson Hayes, very much an add. In the starting lineup, he's a firm add. And he was in foul trouble this game, so it, it actually could have been better. Philly, Milwaukee, not much going on in that ballgame. Jordan Wara filling in for Grayson Allen slash Pat Connaughton slash all the other wings that they've either traded away or have gotten hurt. Don't care. Move along. And the Clippers beat up on the Rockets. You know, this is what we keep talking about. Alperen Sengun, he is the backup. He's Christian Wood's backup. He didn't even get all the backup minutes. Bruno Fernando got nine of them in this blowout game. Don't stash players for four months if they're not definitely going to have value at the end of it when Kevin Porter Jr. is out Jalen Green is very much a start when KPJ is in Green is still kind of hovering on the bubble Dennis Schroeder is a solid fill-in anytime Kevin Porter is out 
But that's really it. And we've moved on, sadly, from Garrison Matthews, who did get a start and was a little better in this one with no Eric Gordon. But it seems like maybe Gordon's going to play in anything that's not a back-to-back. So that's also out the window. And finally, on the Clippers' side, uh, everybody gets to play. Luke Kennard, Isaiah Hartenstein, Marcus Morris, Terrence Mann, Reggie Jackson, Ivica Zubots, Amir Coffey, Nick Batum all played between 20 and 28 and a half minutes in yesterday's ballgame. 14 for just the poor Rob Covington, who somehow didn't get to 20 minutes. By the way, Covington's a drop. He's just not going to get the minutes consistently with the Clippers, and he's not going to average two steals and a block in only 17, 18 minutes a game. It's just not going to happen. What do we do? I'm actually tempted to just keep going with what I was going with before, which is Ivica Zubac is a safe double-double guy. Reggie Jackson is getting assists now. Those are the two dudes that I think are pretty consistently like if you gave them two to three weeks in this Clippers build they would be most likely inside the top 110 I don't know that any of these other guys would end up inside the top 110 over call it a month Kennard had a really hot shooting game but he was only rosterable when he was going to play 30 some odd minutes and get consistently 14-ish shots a game so you can't expect that to happen again Isaiah Hartenstein had one of the fantasy lines of the year here in 25 bench minutes with eight defensive stats. But when the Clippers are in a tighter ball game, he seems to only play about 12 minutes, so can't trust him for a month. Marcus Morris and Terrence Mann are your sort of on-the-fence guys, where Mann has played better lately, but has still remained wildly inconsistent. And Marcus Morris has played better, has scored, excuse me, better lately. But outside of this ball game, a lot of his other stuff has gone away. Also, it's great to play the Rockets' defense. So I'm still with Zubats and Reggie Jackson. Morris and Mann are probably your head-to-head streamer types, and that's about as far as I would go. I thought maybe Nick Batum was starting to come around, but then, you know, again, in a blowout, his minutes are going to be lower. If things are not clicking, he needs to be on the floor. He's in that classic old man build type of player where the Marvin Thad line, I need him out there for 28 to 30 minutes, or there's no way he's getting fantasy value. He's going to slowly accrue them with low usage, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, and three-pointers on good percentages, but he's not going to go blow things up in 18 minutes. That's why he's on the outside looking in as well. Hey, last reminder for the week to check out our buddies at thrivefantasy.com. As I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, if you hit me up on the Twitters, I've got a prize for you. If you want to try out Thrive Fantasy. So bug me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy site that's built on prop bets, overs and unders. It's so much more fun, in my estimation, than traditional DFS. Maybe you guys think I'm wrong. Even if you like traditional DFS, give it a look-see and check and hit me up for the prize. Because maybe you'll get to, I don't know, win the prize and mess around with it on the house. Wink, wink, nod, nod. At Dan Bespris on Twitter. Send me a note that just says, hey, Dan, heard about the prize, and I'll DM with you. Super easy. D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Prop up. We've got guys on our DFS team that are racking up dollars right now. You might as well follow them and win some money, too. It's a different pitch today, I know, but come on. Come on. Come on. Do it. Do it going into the All-Star break. Perfect time for it. You got nothing else going on. Takes 75 seconds to sign up at Thrive and use our special code. Oh, yeah, don't sign up beforehand. I got to make sure I can get you guys the code. It's in the description of this podcast. 
has been actually for every show we've done over about the last two months. Thrive Fantasy link. Go look in the description. Pause it. Check it out. Go do that now. NBA All-Star Weekend. What do we have here? Well, there's the Rising Star Tournament. And nope. Not making a play on that one. So throw that one right off the board. We're going to start with All-Star Saturday. The Skills Challenge, which is brand new this year, by the way. The teams, there are three of them. There are rookies. There's the Antetokounmpo's. All of them, they're rolled up together. Forget. I'm blanking on the third one. That's upsetting. Oh, well, sorry to the third Antetokounmpo. Thanasis, Giannis, and what's wrong with me? Oh, well, brain fart. And the Cavs. There's some Cavs. And here's the thing. Right off the top, you'd think, surely the Team Cavs or Team Antetokounmpo's are going to have a big edge in this. But... They each need to be involved. So, you know, two of the Anadokounmpo's are not all-world basketball players. They're just very good. And on the Cavs, you have one player in Darius Garland who's extremely skilled. But then, you know, Jared Allen. Like, they all need to be pretty good. The rookies, interestingly enough, have a team that is well-rounded compared to the other ones. By the way, Evan Mobley is the other Cavalier, who's also very, very skilled, but in a different way. And the rookies are Scotty Barnes, Cade Cunningham, and Josh Giddy. That's really good. Alex Anadokounmpo. Did any of you guys actually know that? Some of you, one of you probably did. I didn't. Third Anadokounmpo. Um, so there's a shooting round, a passing round, and a relay round. The relay round is going to be a lot like the old skills competition, the shooting round, I think, is going to make a team with a guy like Jared Allen struggle because he's going to have to do most of his work close to the bucket and the, the higher point value stuff. Really, Garland can step out there, Mobley, a little bit. And then with the Anadokounmpo's, none of those guys is all that great of a shooter. I'm sure they'll be, you know, Giannis is fine when nobody's guarding him. Uh, and for the rookies, there you go. Josh Giddy, not that great of a shooter. Barnes, not that great either. But again, all of those three guys, they can each do interesting things. And as a result, the rookies are the favorite. They're minus 160 to win this thing because they also have a couple good passers on the rookie team in Cade and Giddy. And as a result, unfortunately, I don't know that there's a ton of value there. I also get the feeling that the rookies probably want this more than the other ones, although I'm sure the Anadokounmpo's would love to have a trophy to share the three of them. The... I would, I would say to bet Rooks at minus 160, but I don't think that there's a whole lot of value there. So I'd probably leave this one alone. Rookies as the favorite or probably nothing. Three-point contest. Eight competitors this year. Freddie Van Vliet, Trey Young, Patty Mills, Luke Kennard, Desmond Bain, Zach Levine, CJ McCollum, and Carl Anthony Towns. By the way, I got to talk to my buddies over at my bookie because they've got Zach Levine spelled wrong. They've got it L E V I N E, which is like the Levines of my my, my ancient peoples. Uh, this one's a really good one. Freddie Van Fleet's the betting favorite at plus four hundred, so everybody's a dog. Trey Young at plus four twenty-five, same deal for Patty Mills. Luke Kennard at plus five fifty. Desmond Bain six to one. Levine seven fifty. McCollum eight to one, and Carl Anthony Towns ten to one. Towns, of course, being the long shot there, you can probably wipe him off the board. There's almost no way that he beats these guys in two rounds in a row. Also, uh, I think you probably wipe off 
CJ McCollum as the second biggest dog. And then with Zach Levine dealing with injuries, I'm tempted to wipe him off the board as well, which unfortunately means that I've eliminated the three least likely competitors. Do we think that Freddie Van Fleet can get hot at the right time? Because he's a little bit more streaky than these other guys. I'm inclined to say no. Patty Mills at plus 425 is interesting. Trey Young is another guy who's going to have to get hot. He's also very streaky. If he gets hot, though, he could run away with this thing. Notice there are no Warriors in it this year. Luke Kennard, sneaky, excellent three-point shooter. I think he's going to be a tiny bit overwhelmed. My play is a combo of Patty Mills and Desmond Bain. you got a pair of medium-sized underdogs. That's what everybody is in this contest. But Bain's been incredible from three this year, and I don't feel like people know about it. They think he might be... I think the reason he's plus 600 is because he is such a young player, and there's perhaps the thought that being alone on the floor, racing through threes, that that's going to overwhelm him a little bit, and it might. But if he can get through that first round, I feel pretty good about it. And then Patty Mills is your... When he gets hot, he's like the electrifying hot one. And that's why I like Patty, because to me... He could catch lightning in a bottle the way that, you know, some of these other guys can. But at plus 425, kind of the third down the board, I like it. I don't like Van Vliet all that much. He might stick it in my face. I considered Luke Kennard. He's an excellent three-point shooter. Um, I just, I don't know. There's He sort of had his hot game yesterday, on Thursday. So I like a Mills-Bane combo on that one. And the dunk contest. Jalen Green at plus 150. Obi Toppin at plus 170. Cole Anthony at plus 350, and Juan Toscano-Anderson at plus 600, who I don't think stands a chance. So I'm wiping Toscano-Anderson off the board. I've whittled this thing down to the top three, which is Green, Toppin, and Cole Anthony. To me, this one's going to come down to creativity. Big men have tend to have a slightly tougher time with that element. And I love Toppin. He's a hell of a leaper, but he's off the board for me. So this one's between Green and Cole Anthony. And I think when it comes to creativity, I'll give it to Anthony on the Magic. I think he wants to win this thing. My fear is he's been dealing with a sore ankle for a while, but at plus 350, so the second, basically the the third on the board, not at all the favorite, I like the value there. And if you wanted to combine him with Green and split a unit in in half, I'm fine with that. Because if those guys advance, you could hedge if you wanted to. Uh, whatever. I don't know if there's going to be live betting on the dunk contest. I take that back. They, that might not be a thing that, that exists. But uh, I think Cole Anthony is going to be pretty creative with his stuff. I like Jalen Green because he's probably the best leaper of the bunch and has the right frame for it. That's another thing. Like Certain guys just look different when they're dunking, and that makes a pretty big deal in how they get judged. But I think Anthony's going to come with something interesting. That's where I'm at with this one. So I like Cole Anthony in the dunk contest. uh, And I like Jalen Green, who unfortunately is the betting favorite there, as the second one. And finally, the All-Star game itself. Team LeBron, Team Durant. Team LeBron is a minus five-and-a-half-point favorite with a total set (laughs) at 321. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, it was fun to look at that on uh, on paper. Last year's game, by the way, ended at 320. 
So pretty sure that they're just setting that total on last season's number, which, by the way, did kind of hunker down a little bit in the fourth quarter, slowed down. Team LeBron won it 170-150. to I think you go basically, and and remember they did a draft, so it's not East and West anymore uh, in the All-Star game. I I actually believe it was easier to handicap the All-Star game when they were split by conference, and you didn't have to try to remember who the crap was on each team, but I'll read them off for you right now. Team LeBron, Giannis, Steph, DeMar DeRozan, LeBron himself, Nikola Jokic is a starting five, with Jared Allen, Jimmy Butler, Luka, Darius Garland, James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Freddie Van Vliet. Team Durant, KD, uh, who's the captain and won't play, obviously nursing an injury, Embiid, John Morant, Jason Tatum, Andrew Wiggins, and Trey Young. And the reserves are LaMelo Ball, Devin Booker, Rudy Gobert, Zach Levine, Chris Milton, DeJounte Murray, Cat, and Draymond Green, who's also not playing. Uh, LaMelo and DeJounte were the ones who got in for uh, for Dre and, and KD. On paper, Team LeBron is simply a better collection of offensive talents. Uh, Team Durant has Gobert, who's the only player on this roster that might try to play a little bit of defense. Team Durant also has Ja Morant, who I believe is going to take this game kind of seriously. And actually, I don't see NBA All-Star game MVP odds. Where the hell is that? If you can find All-Star Game MVP odds, I don't know why they're not out here. Maybe they'll pop up in the next little bit. I would take Ja. Specifically because he's starting. That's what you really need. Someone who's in there and can get nuts right from the beginning. Love Ja Morant as the All-Star Game MVP. Uh, And to that reason, I like Team Durant to cover. I don't think I'd bet them uh, money line at plus 180. Because at the end, everybody's going to be trying to make that last shot. But I just get the feeling that Morant is out there and he's not going to let this game open up to a 15-20 point lead the way that some have in the past. You've got to find that guy with the Kobe-like hatred of losing in an all-star game. Like, this is not a game that should be taken seriously, but find the guy on the table that's like, this dude's going to take it seriously. And I think that's Ja. This year, I don't see anybody on Team LeBron, at least not in the starting five, probably not any of them that's going to take this game seriously. And then Team Durant has uh, Morant, who I think takes this game seriously. I think Gobert probably takes it kind of seriously. And I think maybe some of the new guys like DeJounte Murray, he'll take it somewhat seriously. And that's why I think I I think they cover. I like Team Durant catching five and a half points. As far as the over-under, I haven't a clue. I mean, 320 is probably a pretty good number for it. Uh, you just never know. Like, they're going to they're gonna go crazy, and if they go crazy for an extra two minutes in the fourth quarter, it goes over. If they don't, it stays under. So I don't like the total very much. Uh, I like Team Kevin Durant as the underdog because they don't have as many superstar names. But do you need them in the All-Star game? Don't you really just need the one person who wants to win? That's where I'm at with it. Next week, back here on Fantasy NBA Today, we don't have any weekend reverse chronological lightning round to do on Monday. We will, however, recap All-Star Weekend and any news that comes out from the NBA on Monday's show. And I believe at some point early next week, we'll be talking to Alex Rickling, one of my good buddies, and we'll try to get Adam King back on the show as well. 
a little, it's not a first half anymore. All-Star break is well past the first half, but a little All-Star break review. How has the NBA season gone so far? How do you shape things up now as the playoffs approach in your fantasy leagues? And a shout out, as always, to our buddies at expressvpn.com who have been telling you all week to try them out. expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Get 15 months for the price of 12 using that specialty link. That's also, by the way, in the description of this podcast at expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Protect your privacy, and then, as I've said before, more importantly, be wherever you want to be. That is to say, don't let the internet know specifically where you are. Because the internet, the magical internet, can throttle you down, can keep you from doing and seeing the things that you'd like to based on your location. That's idiotic. And to me, I don't want you guys thieving anything, ever. That's not the way we operate. But if you're paying for a service, you should be able to use it the way you want to. And ExpressVPN allows you to do that with streaming services from A to Z. Every damn one of them. Check it out. It's a really neat service. Super easy to use on all devices. Just boot it up, hit one button. You can be wherever you want. ExpressVPN.com slash hoopball. Check them out. And a thank you, as always, to Manscaped.com, who, by the way, I uh, they sent me their new lip balm. Super cool. Really impressed. I like that they're adding a couple of things here and there. A couple things back on the menu at Manscaped.com. Use promo code ETHOS20 to get 20% off and free shipping on whatever you want over there. The lip balm is quite affordable. And if you want it with 20% off, that's how you do it. ETHOS20. MyBookie.ag. Code there is HOOPBALL. All one. I know it's hard to keep track of all of our codes. But really today, uh, I want you guys checking out ThriveFantasy.com and the Thrive Fantasy app. And if you want to get a prize, all you got to do is bug me about it ahead of time. At Dan Bespris. You guys know the drill. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. Enjoy the All-Star Weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday. No rest for the weary here on the in the world of podcasting. So long, everybody.